Welcome to the Evolving Accountant Podcast. We all know that some accountants can be boring, but definitely not this one. Why talk trial balances and P&L when we can get ripped jeans into the boardroom and hear business insights from people who have really walked the talk? Get ready. Here comes an all-new episode with your host, Darren Wingfield. Hi, Sue, and welcome to the show today. For our listeners out there, could you tell them a little bit about yourself? But more importantly, what's your drive to get out of bed in the morning? Hi, it's really nice to be here. Thanks for asking me. I'm Sue. I'm a food photographer. And what I like to do is to create beautiful mouth-watering images that make people hungry. And it sounds a bit cheesy, but I guess what gets me up on a morning is doing more and more photography because it's what I love. And I think I'm so lucky to do something that I really love. Perfect. So can we go into a little about your career or your journey, what it's been like to get us to where we are today with your own photography business? Well, it's been a bit varied and probably not what you'd expect, but it's all added in along the way. I fell in love with photography as a child, um, got my first pro cameras when I was 18. And at that point, I'd done, I'd fallen into catering a little bit and I worked in restaurants and I was worked, one of my first jobs was on a fruit and veg stall in Woolco in Washington. Carried on into catering a little bit more. I ran a small catering kitchen up here. I worked at Lovney Castle. And then we went down south and ran a pub in Essex for Grand Met, which was entertaining. Um, we went into a brand new refurbished pub when, as we got promoted. And it was doing absolutely horrendously badly. It had virtually no customers. No one was buying the food. So it was a case of changing it all up to the point where we won an award because we were top on the patch. We had the best take, best take for food and the best gross profit. So that was really good. But then kids came along and we came back up north. I fell into computing, as you do, but still carrying the cameras all the way along and doing bits of photography. But at that point, we were running an e-commerce company. My main interaction then was trying to persuade clients that the images they were bringing us for their website weren't going to work because it's the first thing that people see. And if it's rubbish, it's not good. Um, So that meant I started to do more and more photography for our clients as well. And I was doing more photography for our other company. And I decided by 2013, I was absolutely sick of computing. I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to play. I wanted to do photography and that was all. So in 2014, I set off on my own thinking, what am I doing? But I've done very much the same thing when we've gone into computing. So off we went. And um, here I am. I've loved every bit of it. I was told by a mentor several years ago that really I needed to niche and that the niche needed to be food because I love food and it's something that I know quite a lot about. It's where my sort of early years at work were. And basically, I've not really looked back since then. I've absolutely enjoyed every moment. I've worked with some fabulous clients. I moved into a new space here in Cramlington um, in November last year. So I've got masses of space to do all kinds of wonderful things now. Um, and it's just brilliant. I'm working with some really nice people. Awesome. So today's topic of conversation is mouth-watering images. And I'm glad we're recording this just after dinner because <laughs> I felt hungry this morning as soon as I seen your photo on LinkedIn. And I was like, it can only go one way. So in your own words, what would how would you describe what you do or what would your elevator pitch be? 
okay. I suppose what I do is I create beautiful mouth-watering images that make people hungry or thirsty or want to stay for hospitality. And I make sure that all of the images I produce are on brand. They tell the right story and they get people to interact on social media and they drive the sales forward for my clients. Awesome. So I was doing a bit of digging, as I always do before every every recording. And I don't honestly think people often consider the planning that goes into each of the photos. And most of the time, I could be wrong, but my opinion is that they just look at the as a whole and go, oh, that's a nice picture. Whether it be a landscape, like you say, a dog, a child, or food or drink. When I was reading your blog around why your images need to tell stories, can we talk a little around the importance of telling that story and then linking that to making sure that it's telling the right story? Definitely. The story is really important because when you're creating a picture, especially if it's about food, part of the scene is going to be the hero. It's going to be the, the, the part that you really want to scream at people, you know, eat me. And therefore, you've got to make sure that that's the hero, but that everything that you use within the frame adds to the hero and doesn't detract. So if you're wanting to persuade people that it would be a really beautiful dish to have on a summer's day, perhaps outside, then you need to set that scene and make people feel as if they're a part of it or they'd like to be a part of it. So therefore, you'll make sure the lighting's right, you get the correct props and set it up for a sunny day, even if it's in a darkened studio, which is often where I am now, (laughs) until the weather gets better and I go back to playing the the garden studio that I've got as well. But it's just so, so important. And if you get any bit of that wrong, it doesn't come across the same way. Have you got any examples of things that you can think off the top of your head when it hasn't gone to that level? I remember one shoot where, and it did work out, but there was one shoot where I was meant to be shooting Christmas, basically, Christmas food in front of the most beautiful roaring log fire. However, as time went on during the day, all the tables in the restaurant were booked and there wasn't going to be room for us. So we had to move and we moved out into another room, which was perfectly fine, except it looked like a shed and there wasn't anything in it. And everybody said, well, we're going to have to down tools. We can't do this, can we? And I said, just give me a minute. And I looked and thought about what we had because I had a big box of Christmas and everything else. I said, yeah, we can do this, look. And we set off and they were all looking at me as if to say, she's lost her marbles. But I hadn't. And we got some fabulous pictures for them, just working with a few things that we had, making it all look dark, although it wasn't behind them. And putting in some nice lights and just setting a lovely scene that worked. So it's about bringing your imagination and it's not about what you think you can see, but it's about what you can create, if that makes sense. It does, yeah. So would you always say you've been that creative type or is it something that you've improved or once you have them shoots that go wrong or making the best of a situation? I think I've always had the sort of can-do attitude and I think actually I got that from catering where when everything's up against you and your your number of staff down and a delivery hasn't come or whatever else, it's all about keeping it on the road and making sure it works regardless. And I guess I've carried that on and I get really irritated if somebody else hasn't got that same view because it's just, it's going to (laughs) happen. It has to happen, right? (laughs) 
there's always a way. Yeah, it might not be obvious, but you know, I'm sure it will be there. You've just got to find it. And it might not be quite what you planned, but there'll be another route. Perfect. So obviously, like I said before, there's a lot of photos I've seen from yourself on LinkedIn and they look amazing. So I wanted to talk around that B2B and B2C environment and some of your top tips for someone that has a product or a brand and the images that they might need for 2021 and in your opinion, what they should be considering before going into that shoot? Firstly, obviously, if if they can, get and work with a professional photographer because they'll get something much, much better. If they haven't got that, then they need to probably sit down first of all and think about what they actually need because quite often people will just put something down and say, all right, I need a photograph of this. But actually, especially if you're working with food, the food will be dead before you've got the picture that you wanted because food doesn't live very long for the camera. And I always say sort of set the scene first and if possible, test it with something else. If you're, if you're going to photograph a steak, put a brown children's block or something on the plate to represent that and check that your colours and your position and everything else are right before you put the real food in. It sounds like overkill, but be able to get through the work I do without doing that sort of thing. And everything works that way for me. You always set the scene up first. Another thing I'd do if I were them is to look at where they want to position themselves. Because again, people will quite happily just take a photograph. But what you've got to do is to think about your photograph as part of your brand, because it's the first thing people see. So a good idea there is to look not just at your direct competitors, but at the ones who are a little bit above you where you want to get to and see how they're, produ- how they're producing their product photography, what their visitors would be expecting to see, and then to try and pitch your photographs at that level. Because if you pitch below, then you're never going to get the, the larger customers that you want because you won't be attracting them. So that's something to think about. And it's something like Pinterest is a fantastic thing for looking for ideas. I share Pinterest boards with clients all the time. And obviously you wouldn't want a copy, but you can use it as inspiration and you can take ideas from several pictures to make your own. So I do that quite a lot. Another tip would be to learn to use your camera. You don't have to have a fancy camera. You can have a phone and a lot of the, most of the phones now, not all of them because Apple haven't done it yet, but a lot of the phones you can now take full control of the camera. So learning how to use that properly. So you get the picture you want as opposed to the picture that the phone is going to take for you because all of the algorithms within the phone say that's how it needs to be. That's quite an interesting one. And if you haven't got a phone that does that, you can get an app that will let you do that and you use that instead of the native camera app. So they're probably the main things. And then to look at how you compose it. If you're working with a white, oh, that's another great one that really bugs me. If you're doing lots of products, if you've got a set set of cans or a set of bottles, um, that you want to have a nice uniform stance on your website, use a tripod because there's no way handheld you can get all of those to line up and look as if they were nicely in a row to sit on the website. But if you're using a tripod, you can do that because you just make a mark where the next object's got to go. You just swap them out. The first things that come off the top of my head um, as far as planning the shoot and just thinking about the different things, trying to plan ahead as opposed to doing it at the last minute. It was quite interesting where you were talking about uh, the food doesn't last at the start. And I can't remember if I watched it on TikTok or whether I watched it on 
Facebook and it was, I've got a feeling it was the Big Mac and it was the image versus the reality and the amount of ingredients that aren't the same. And then I, I think it was going into more than that, but then it was like the ice cream wasn't ice cream and you're like, this is just like hurting all my feelings and I'm crying inside now. And what brings me on to my next question, and I'm probably going to dig quite deep into this one, is favourite shoot and why? Oh, I don't think I've got a favourite one because they're all different, which is what I like. I love the fact that they're all different. I knew you were going to ask that one and I knew it was going to be difficult and I've thought and thought about it and I honestly, I haven't got a favourite. No. <laughs> What's some of the, the some of the brands that you've worked with and for, would any of our listeners recognise some of them? think so. I've worked with quite a number of um, local companies. I've worked with Doddington Dairy, done their ice cream and their cheese. Just what, was it actually ice cream you took a photo of? Oh, yes. Yes. I don't do the cheesy stuff. I might be a bit odd in that, but I believe that what you shoot should be what you see and what person's going to eat. Real food. So Doddington Dairy, um, Heppel Gin, Geordie Gin, Northumberland Spirits, Proof of the Pudding up in Northumberland, the restaurant up at Annette Gardens, the Treehouse, um, CSEs of London, Calder's Cafe. I work with Hadrian's um, Game Larder and also the Goat Company off the top of my head. I'm going to miss loads of people out. I'm going to get shot. <laughs> why, <laughs> why didn't you mention me? <laughs> the, so Jordy Jin is someone that I actually follow. So ah. the, I wonder whether the photo I've seen is in front of one of the bridges yeah. in, the north, in the northeast. Obviously, we have lots of them across our river. We it, do indeed. And yes, that was me. Yes. Was it the nighttime one or the daytime one? It was nighttime. Yeah, that one was quite funny because um, I hadn't realised that that bridge is so busy on a Saturday night and literally there were just streams of people and they were all looking at me as if I was completely and utterly mad. Like, why is she out at night with a camera taking pictures of a bottle on the bridge and me me praying that no one was going to come past and knock the bottle off the bridge? <laughs> so so t- more likely to just come and steal it. <laughs> well, there is that as well. I was quite guarded. <laughs> Uh, but it, it took a, a little while to, to get the shot that I wanted for that one. It was funny. Cool. So something that I spotted on the website, and I think we should really talk about it, is congratulations on the award. No, Correct me if I'm wrong, whether my notes have done us right. North England Commercial Photographer of the Year for 2020. That's right. That's right. Done it I right. I was rather thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> so can you, can you share the process or how, how it all came about? Someone from there got in touch and said, would I please like to apply? And I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> and filled in the forms. They ask you a little bit of information. It goes off. Then I think they came back and asked for a whole lot more. And I'd forgotten about it when all of a sudden I got a, an email saying, could they have a chat about it? And I thought, odd. Surely I'm either in or out. I didn't know. And um, we had a conversation. Told me I had one, which was rather oh, lovely. No. Was that just like submit so many photos of different types and things? It, like no, the, the, what, it, what it was, they asked lots of questions about what you do and who you work with and where they could see your work. So obviously they'd gone off and they'd had a, a good look at probably my LinkedIn more than anything because I'm trying to be good and post there every day. I've managed it this year so far. So Instagram, website, etc. And 
I don't know whether they then went off to talk to other people or not. I don't know. But he, he, he knew an awful lot about what I did when he came back to talk to me and who I worked with, etc. So it was good. I was really pleased. It's, and it's, that'll be during lockdown, so an award party via Zoom. By myself, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but it was was actually it was a lovely thing to happen during lockdown as well because obviously um, food and hospitality in March I was thinking oh what now and literally the diary emptied in the course of a week and you just think oh my goodness what do we do but slowly by slowly it's carried on going and kept growing fingers crossed We'll carry on doing much the same. I died off again a little bit um, December, January with the extra lockdowns. Of course, that was just after I'd come in here and I was like, oh, what have I done? But actually, it's fine. And there's, I'm talking to lots of people at the moment, so it's good. Cool. So what's around the corner for you then for this year? For this year, finishing to kit out the studio the way I want it to be. I've got a couple of collaboration projects I'm working on, which I can't tell you about, but they're really exciting. So watch this space. And I am reorganising and restarting the teaching that I do because now I've got much more space. And I'm also going to be doing some more virtual teaching because I did some over the summer to just test it all out. So there's going to be a lot more and it's going to be very much centred on um, food and hospitality rather than general photography. Oh, awesome. Because, uh, well, what, what I tend to find is the clients come to me, especially clients who are trying to do their own photographs. There's loads and loads of generic information out there, but they'll tend to have very specific problems, whether it's the glare on their particular bottles or the lack of light or the, the fact that they've got too much light where they are. And it, it's, you know, they don't want very generic. They just want to deal with their own issues. And if you're doing something like that on a one-to-one, then you can, and you can help them develop things specifically for their brand as well, which again, there's not a lot of that about. And that's so important. Is there actually many people that actually teach other people to take photos? Or is it a bit of a point, shoot and learn and then ask questions in a forum? I think people do it in different ways and people learn in different ways. I've always been involved in education a little bit because I home educated my own boys um, all the way through. I worked in a university in Newcastle in Northumbria and helped to put the first units on the web there. And then in our own company, we were doing virtual reality medical training software. I was in charge of actually the training program for people who were going to use the system because it went out to 53 countries worldwide. So making sure they really understood it so we didn't get the support calls was crucial because we were tiny and we couldn't cope with (laughs) great influence. So I think I'm generally quite good at explaining things to people. And certainly the people who've worked with me so far on the teaching side have come back and said, oh, that was great. And look what I've done since, which is lovely. It's exactly what you want. I don't think that many people go into specific areas and sort of in a niche way and actually look at it more from the client perspective. It's more just a general, this is how you do the photograph. Yes, you can lay things out this way. There'll be a way for each company, to my mind. If you put photographs out there that make you look like, I don't know, remember Quicksave in the old days, everybody thought of them as sort of the cheap shop. If you're putting your food out as if it's Quicksave, but you want the, oh. Waitrose. No, yes, you want, to, you want the Waitrose clients. Then 
you're not going to get them because they're not going to see the sort of things that will appeal to them. You have to pitch the, the photographs you're making to the right level. And that's sometimes hard. It's sometimes a hard thing to grasp. Yeah, I appreciate that. And for, for me, I haven't got the patience. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> the, and, and I use one of them devices that take the photos for you that you mentioned before. <laughs> <laughs> well, lots of people do, and there's nothing wrong in that. It just depends on what you need and what you need the pictures for. And sometimes on social media, you can get away with things that aren't as good. But if it's something that's going into a, um, a catalogue or it's going to be representing you online and it's the first thing people are going to see, then it will make, really make a difference. Yeah. So that's when it's really important. What do you wish you had known when you'd started out? I used to wonder, when I first started off, I used to think I should have done this an awful lot earlier. But actually, I think everything else I've done before that has actually helped where I'm at now. I'm not sure I'd do that much differently, to be honest. I might have niched into food a bit sooner. But it's that thing when you first start off, isn't it, where you're a little bit scared because you think, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll cut off other income streams if I niche. But actually, it was the best thing I ever did. It's one of them, isn't it? I've got the bills to pay and I'll take any job at the start. Yeah, but the, the days of sort of taking any work have long gone. It needs to be the right fit, both for me and the client. It's really important. And definitely, I appreciate that. And it's the same. It's, if you're focusing your advice and your style of photography in a way, if you then get someone like me coming along saying, will you take some team photos? It's like, no, nah, Darren, unless you're going to hold, hold a pineapple in each hand, you're not getting the photos. <laughs> No, I mean, I sort of, I, I wouldn't go off and do weddings or anything like that now. Just no way. In fact, I've, I've never really done weddings. I did a few in the early days and just thought, no, life's too short. <laughs> I, I like my weekends, thank you. I'm quite happy to come to work on a weekend, actually, because I haven't got little ones anymore. And I'm very happy just pottering around in the studio. But it has to be doing things that I like. <laughs> so one of our core values is we love to learn. So we always ask every guest, how do you learn or who do you take your advice from? I like to learn all the time as well. So I've generally got a book on the go. I'm always reading about computing and trying to um, increase what I do with Lightroom and Photoshop more and more and passing that on to other people. So it's just continuous. It has to be. And I watch some of the, the, the bigger players and also just talking to other people in the same industry. I like to talk, there's quite a few um, creatives I talk to on a regular basis and we sort of swap ideas and things and that's really nice. Perfect. So how do people find out more about yourself, Sue? How do people find these awesome mouth-watering images? Well, there's my website, www.suetodphotography.co.uk and there's also, of course, my LinkedIn feed. So if you search for Sue Todd on LinkedIn, I ought to come up because I'm... Um, I'm there pretty much every day. <laughs> awesome. Just want to say thank you for your time today. It's been great talking to you and find out more about the the person, the brand behind the awesome photos. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to The Evolving Accountant. You can find out more and get show notes for this and all our other episodes at theevolvingaccountant.co.uk.